0: Just a couple more weeks in the book of Acts. This week, I want to highlight just a couple verses, but we're going to be all around, okay, here. So just get ready. We're going to follow a theme in the book of Acts on, on boldness. Um, when you think of boldness and people that you know or who you've read about in history that have displayed boldness, who comes to your mind? Stephen. Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Who else? Come on. This is good. Peter. Peter. Right. Anybody else? Charles Spurgeon. Yeah. So, so church history or Bible characters or maybe somebody you know that's alive today even. Who comes to your mind? Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Come on. All right. Anybody else? Your mama. Your mama's so bold. No, just, that's, that's good. There, we, that was, we had some mama jokes last night at the marriage night. That's why I pulled out the mama jokes. It's awesome. My mama's bold too. My mom is, is a bold witness as well. Anybody else? Keith Dollar. Oh, thank you. I was waiting for that. I just wanted somebody to say, Pastor Keith. No, just kidding. I was not waiting for that. Thank you. I asked my children this, this week, I said, yeah, I was explaining to them what boldness is and uh, my four year old, she, it, Abigail shouted out, Mr. Micah, <laughs> Micah Pelfrey. She was thinking it was bold, like that was the first person that came to her mind and then I realized that she thought I was saying bald, not bold. <laughs> I said, no, not bald, Bold. Because she was like, Mr. Micah was bald, bald, bald. Uh, He was in the Marines and she saw a picture of him with his head shaved at his house. So she was thinking bald. I was thinking for bald, there's plenty of others that you could have brought up besides Mr. Micah. He is not bald or going bald. He has a great set of hair. Uh, But he is indeed bald as well. You know, there's several people that come to my mind when I think about boldness and and those who have displayed boldness. And by the way, boldness is contagious. You get around bold people and you read about bold people and it inspires you and it's contagious, kind of like fear is contagious as well. You get around fearful, fretting, anxious people, and it just tends to spread in a negative way. You get around bold people, it tends to embolden and encourage you as well. And so there's plenty of characters in the Bible who displayed boldness, that we could just go down the line of people that we know uh, in the Scriptures. Um, there's people in church history, some of the people that come to my mind, it's like George Whitfield, open-air preacher. Man, this dude could be heard from a field from far distances. People would come to hear this guy. Even Benjamin Franklin would come and hear him. And I think it was John Wesley. He's another one who was a friend of George Whitfield. And he said, get on fire for God and people will come and watch you burn. Right, And so we got folks like that. Martin Luther, I'll mention him uh, later here. Martin Luther in the Protestant Reformation was, was somebody who was bold. And then throughout the book of Acts, this is a theme that Luke gives us uh, when it comes to uh, being witnesses. It's a necessity for anybody to be a faithful witness. And when we read stories about people who have acted boldly in history, whether in our Bibles or whether we're watching a movie... OK, like Braveheart, like Braveheart or uh what was it? Saving Private Ryan. And we watch the American soldiers taking Normandy Beach, just storming it, knowing that they're going to lose their life in the face of death, getting hit with bullets, boldly taking it. And we're, we're we're inspired by these amazing characters throughout history who exhibited boldness. And yet many of us are content with just just being amazed and inspired by those bold heroic people out there and aren't willing to step out and be those bold people here in our day. Are you willing? And that's where we're going today. That's what we're going to focus on. We're going to look at the apostle Paul as an example, but then we're going to also talk about how God wants us to be bold as well. So if you got your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to Acts 19. If you don't, the the scripture's up on the screen. Acts 19, starting in verse 8. Acts 19, verse 8. This is picking up uh, right where I left off last week uh, in Acts 19. Paul is in Ephesus, and it says, He entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. And when some became stubborn, and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them, and he took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So here's the big idea today. As we, in these couple of verses here, we see the apostle Paul was somebody who displayed boldness speaking the gospel, and we too must be bold if we are to be faithful witnesses of the gospel. So even when the apostle Paul got saved from the very beginning in, in, in Acts 9 at his conversion, he immediately, like, started preaching. He started boldly preaching Jesus is the Christ. He started going around telling people. All right. And now let me, let me, let's do this because this is kind of more of a topical message here. What is boldness? I I need to define what we're talking about uh, and what Luke's talking about when we're speaking of boldness. In the English dictionary, if you look at, if you Google definition of boldness, this is going to be the first thing that comes up. Boldness is the willingness to take risk and act innovatively. Confidence or courage, okay? Uh, if you look up the Greek word that's translated boldness, it's parisia. Um, boldness, you'll get a definition like this. Freedom in speaking, unreservedness in speech, openly, frankly, without concealment. Here's my definition, my kind of work together something to define boldness. Boldness is the courage to go where God leads, do what God commands, and speak what God says to speak. John Bloom wrote a great article on desiring God, and I like his his definition a whole lot. He says, boldness is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit on an urgent conviction in the face of some threat. That's boldness, all right? I was talking with a brother this week who was communicating his desire to grow as, as a godly man, as a godly husband. And one of the specific areas he wanted to grow in is boldness, being bold. Okay, I encouraged him something that I saw in his life and and I and it's meekness and I and I let him know, you know, oftentimes meekness is uh is confused with weakness. Okay, meekness is like strength under control. Jesus was meek when he was being taken to the cross He he could have thousands of angels and they his his disciples and the angels could have fought and he could have won the battle. But he yielded his rights to the heavenly father and he embraced his cross, not because he was weak, but because he was meek and humble and he was being obedient to the father. And, and so oftentimes uh, people mistake th- those with meekness or a, a personality that's not as outgoing as somebody's lacking boldness. And let me just say this, that if you don't have an outgoing personality, it doesn't mean that you're not bold and you can't be bold. Because you can have a very calm, reserved, low expressive personality and, and be very bold. Okay, so this isn't just a, a personality thing. Um, just wanted, wanted to, to clarify that. So why do we need boldness in the first place? Why is it important that you and I be people who are bold? That, that, we, that we take risks for the sake of the gospel. That, that we go where God says to go and do what God says to do and speak what God says to speak. The reason we need boldness is because it requires boldness to follow Jesus. It requires boldness to be a faithful witness, somebody who opens up their mouth and testifies of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, how He is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father, that that it's only through His sacrifice on the cross for our sins, the sinless Son of God being crucified for us, buried and raised from the dead, conquering death, providing forgiveness of sins and eternal life to those who believe in Him. It takes boldness to openly say that, in a culture that despises, that despises that message, and, and, and that they, they want to make the way broader, and they want to say there's many ways to God. There's not just one way, you know, but Jesus says, "I am the way." Peter and John, in Acts four, they proclaim that there's no other name given among men by which we can be saved they were they were dis, they were declaring the exclusivity of Christ there's there's no other way guys you got to call on Jesus you got to trust in Jesus if you're going to experience salvation and and lost blind people spiritually blind people don't like that okay people who are uh, against um uh, pro The pro-life movement, you know, there, you got to be bold to, to, to prophetically speak that that's wrong to kill babies within the womb. you got to be bold to address the issue of sexual immorality and homosexuality in our day. It's wrong for a, a, somebody outside of a, a man and a woman in a marriage covenant to have sexual relationship. Unless it's within a man and a woman in a covenant relationship before God. Sexual activity is wrong, sinful. That's what the Bible says. And so addressing sin, calling people to repentance, which is what Jesus did, which is what John the Baptist did. It's what Paul did. It's what we're called to do. We're supposed to live out that repentance and call people to repent and put their faith in Jesus. It takes boldness because you start messing with people's idols and you're going to tick people off. And that's what we see in this chapter with uh, the Apostle Paul in Ephesus. He causes a big uproar in Ephesus because he starts messing with people's idols and particularly people's prophet regarding those idols. Two weeks ago, Pastor Mike preached a great message on that, okay, on that next section. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that. So we need boldness to fulfill the mission that God's called us to do, namely Acts 1.8. This is what the book of Acts is about. You shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It takes boldness to be a witness, to testify when people don't like what you're saying or in the in the land that we live in. All right, so we need boldness. Okay, now let's just look at uh, the theme of boldness throughout the book of Acts. In Acts 13, uh, 46, that Paul and Barnabas spoke boldly. When the Jews publicly reviled them, I don't know if you've ever been reviled. If somebody has openly just started unlashing on you with abusive language, just talking about you, your character, and just saying some some toxic things about you, it does not feel good at all. It just doesn't. And and Jesus said, "Don't take it personally." You know, when as you're going out as a witness, it's it's me ultimately that they're rejecting. In Iconium, they were vigorously opposed, and they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, Acts 4.3. In Ephesus, Apollo spoke boldly in the synagogue, Acts 18.26. In Caesarea, when Paul was in prison, he spoke boldly to King Agrippa. I don't know about you, but when you're standing before somebody with authority and power... It's a little more challenging to be bold. Like you're, the, the tone of your voice can tend to kind of weaken and, and break up as you're trying to speak before somebody with lots of power and influence, right? It can be intimidating, right? Um, but, but Paul, he spoke with boldness. The, by the way, the very last verse in the book of Acts... Is this right here? Acts twenty-eight thirty-one. The last thing we know about Paul is that he was proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness, without hindrance. In Acts nineteen, the passage that we launched from today, Paul was speaking boldly to the Jews, and the Jews bucked. and He 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 started a school at the, in the hall of Tyrannus, and for two years he just continued preaching, teaching Jesus boldly and publicly acts 9 uh around the time uh paul got converted it says that he was preaching boldly in the name of the lord and he spoke and disputed against the hellenists but they were seeking to kill him in acts 20 paul says this and this is i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because this is a sermon for next week a part of it uh, now behold i'm going to jerusalem constrained by the spirit not knowing what will happen to me there Except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Paul knew that everywhere he was going, there was going to be some persecution. There was going to be some chains. And, and and you know what? He went anyways. He knew he was going to get beat down in Jerusalem. Yet the Spirit was leading him and compelling him to go like Jesus who set his face like Flint. To go to Jerusalem and he would die OK, Paul knew it was risky for him to go to Jerusalem because Jerusalem has a reputation for killing prophets. Those who bring the message of the Lord in the name of the Lord, they have a reputation for, for, for cru- crucifying the son of God himself. Right. And Jesus wept over that. He wept over Jerusalem. Um, Paul describing this describes Paul's boldness here in Acts 20, 26, and 27. He says, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. I love this. What I hear here is Paul's like, I didn't hold back, I didn't just give you the fluff and the candy and the sweetness. Of the Gospel and the Bible, the sweet verses like your loving kindness is better than life. my lips will praise you that 's great i 'm not wanting to downplay that at all i I love those verses, but paul 's also like unless you repent you 'll perish right um acts or acts seventeen thirty God commands all men everywhere to repent because he 's appointed a day in which he 's going to judge the world in righteousness. You know it takes some boldness to quote that verse and share that verse with somebody. You know, there's coming a judgment. We're going to stand before Almighty God. And what you're doing right there, young lady, young man, that's sinful. I mean, I fear for you. You got to repent. Take some boldness to say that. Okay. But, but if you know that somebody's asleep in a house fire, your neighbor, a friend, or some stranger, wouldn't you want to get them out of there? And wouldn't you want to take some bold steps to get them out of there? Kick the door in, bang, Throw a rock through the window, not cause you're, 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 you're a thug trying to create some trouble, but cause you're trying to save a life. You'll boldly take some action to try to help somebody out, right? And so Paul knew, he, he knew people were headed for eternal destruction, eternal suffering, separated from the love and the life of Jesus Christ. And so he warned people, he didn't shrink back. As a musician, uh, prophetic voice in the, in the 70s, a guy named Keith Green, he said, he said, I would rather have people hate me and, uh, and me tell them the truth than, than have people like me and love me and yet know that they're going to hell. Which would you rather have? Would you la- rather have a lo- all the likes and all the hell? Oh, that, that's such a nice guy. That's a nice lady. She's so sweet. He's so kind. And yet you never warn them that they, they gotta repent and then they die. Without knowing Jesus or even without you giving the opportunity to warn them and, and, and turn to Jesus Christ. Paul is alluding to, uh, Ezekiel 33 in this passage where, where Ezekiel says, you know, if, if, if the watchman of the city sees a, a nation coming in, an army coming in and, and he falls asleep or he just, he doesn't warn the people. Blah, 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 battle, the missiles are flying, Take, get in your bunkers. They don't warn them that there's a war about to happen and they get killed and God says, I'm going to hold that watchman accountable for not saying anything. And that's what Paul's alluding to. He's, he's like, I'm innocent. I've done my part. I've boldly I proclaimed the message. I have a picture of a watchman in my office as a reminder for me as a pastor of a watchman who's fallen asleep while the army's coming, God forbid that that should be me or you who doesn't warn lovingly and boldly our neighbors, our friends, our family members. Paul, in, in 1 Thessalonians, uh, he, he says, 1 Thessalonians 2, he says, We had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel in the midst of much conflict. Second first Thessalonians two four, but we had but just as we've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our heart. Second Corinthians three twelve. Since we have such hope, we are very bold. These are great verses here. How do we become bold? So we've talked about what it is. We've looked at boldness in the life of the Apostle Paul, Apollos. What is it that makes a person truly bold? And i got three things that I want to highlight. And the first one is communion with God. Communion with God. Spending time with God. Knowing God. Having a deep, intimate relationship with God. And knowing Him intimately and accurately like we talked about last week, right? Peter and John had not been formally trained under Judaism. And the religious leaders of that day saw these guys as unformally trained, speaking boldly the word of God. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated. what, what, What seminary did these guys go to? I don't think they went to DTS. I don't think they went to to Wheaton or Trinity or, or Denver College or whatever. You know, they were uneducated, common men. They were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They had some training. Three years of some awesome training with the best rabbi ever, Jesus Christ, the ultimate rabbi. And they had this boldness that resulted because they had been hanging out with Jesus, who was bold, who was Lord. I mean, he told the winds and the waves, stop, you know, and the the, the storm stops, right? He tells the dead person, get up. He gets up, right? The sick person, be healed, be healed. You know, Jesus boldly acted and he displayed the power of God. And these guys were part of it. And they even got to do miracles. Three, they already did some, they raised the lame guy, right? In chapter three before this. And so they had been with Jesus and the result was boldness. Because they were spending time with Jesus. Now in Acts, a little bit further, the Jewish leaders command them, don't talk about Jesus. Jesus. We don't want you to spread that stuff around Jerusalem. We don't want everybody to start following this heretic, right? And so they 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 threaten them and they they the church prays this powerful prayer. By the way, boldness is is some, something that we have to continue to pray for and pursue because these were the same same bold guys amongst them, right? They were speaking boldly, but Man, now they're going to beat us, right? They're going to put us in jail. They might kill us like they did Jesus. And so they pray. They say, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with all boldness. Boldness is a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. experiencing the Spirit of God filling your life and influencing your life and just overflowing out of you. Being filled with the Holy Spirit brings about boldness. Prayer brings about boldness. You know, one of the few things that the Apostle Paul says, Hey guys, can y'all pray for me that, about this thing? One of the few things that Paul says, pray for me about, is that he would have boldness to speak the, the gospel as he ought to. And then along with communion with God, uh, it comes... Being filled with the Spirit, prayer, that's our relationship with God, communing with God, and and we, we experience this approval that comes from God the Father. We know He's smiling towards us. We know He's for us. We know He's with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? I got God's smile and favor. And he, I, he's he got my back. He's in my corner. He's going for me. He's cheering for me. I remember when I was a boxer and in 1998, I won the Fort Worth Golden Gloves. And I, my dad, biological father, was not there. But I had an uncle that was there, Uncle Don. And he was there. And man, it felt good to have somebody in my corner. And he kind of was kind of standing in for my father. And I won that won that Fort Worth Golden Gloves and he was right there at the at the ropes and gave me a big hug. It was just an emotional moment there to have some 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 masculine fatherly affirmation and approval at that moment. And we have that from God the Father. And it brings healing to our broken hearts, our insecurities, our shyness our, our navel gazing. It frees us up when we know the approval of God and the love of the Father that He has for us. We know that He's with us. We know that He's for us. It gives us boldness, like Paul says, just as we have been approved by God and approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests the hearts. You see, it takes boldness to speak in a way that you're just trying to please God, not people, not people not itching people's ears, giving them ear candy. Okay. It takes boldness to say those hard things. John the Baptist, when he called Herod out on his immoral relationship with his brother's wife, it took boldness for him to do that. And he got his head chopped off for it. He got in prison and then his head chopped off for doing so. But when you have the approval of the father, you know, God is for you and you know, the greatness of God, like the most powerful being in the universe is in your corner. And you have access to him in prayer. The wisest person, the most loving person, the most powerful person in the entire world is in your corner. He's fighting for you. I, I like the the, the story of, uh the illustration of, um you know, a, a young man walking home from school, high schooler, walking home from school and the bullies are messing with them, And he's just like, oh man, they're going to get me, you know, and they're messing with them. But then he gets to his front yard and all of a sudden this boldness and confidence comes about him. And he's like, what's up, man? Come on. Come on. What happened right there? You want me to tell you what happened? He knows his dad is inside the house and his dad will come out and whoop. Some bottom, if they mess with him, right? And so all of a sudden, he gets emboldened, knowing that his dad's stronger than these guys. He'll take them out. When we know that God the Father's in our corner, he's for us, who can be against us? What shall we be afraid of? God's our helper. I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, Scripture says. Another thing, how do we become bold? Conviction. Allow the Spirit and the Scripture to develop deep biblical conviction within your heart. Peter and John, again, were, they were told not to preach about Jesus, okay? They experienced some beating for this and they go away rejoicing afterwards. But it said, they were like, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. You see, they were acting with full conviction that God wanted them to preach about Jesus. They were convinced in their hearts and their minds, we gotta do this. If we don't do this, we're disobeying God. I don't care what you say. I gotta do this. If it takes me losing my life, I gotta do this. Daniel, the book of Daniel, that's a great book to read uh, when it comes to People that are living boldly there 's an old hymn called "Dare to be a daniel what 's it It goes "Dare to be a Daniel, Dare to stand alone, dare to have a purpose firm, Dare to make it known." Daniel was resolved that he would not defile himself with the king 's food or with the wine that he drank his his friends they were willing to go into the fire and not bow to the idols of the land uh, daniel wasn 't going to stop praying. He was praying, gets thrown into the lion's den because he wouldn't worship the false gods. Okay? And there was this, this boldness that these guys displayed. J.I. Packer, in his book, Knowing God, highlights some aspects of those who know God. And one of them, well I'll just mention the four of them, but he, he's, he's coming from the book of Daniels and specifically the verse in Daniel 1132 where it says, those who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. Those who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. And J.I. Packer says there's four, four marks that somebody who knows God has. And, and one of them is they have great energy for God. They think great thoughts of God. They show great boldness for God. And they have great contentment in God. Those are four marks of those who really know him. But, but one of them is that boldness. That comes from knowing him, from having communion with him, having spent time with him. You're encouraged, you're full of courage, you're full of boldness and you're not going to back down. I think of Martin Luther, okay? Martin Luther, who was a key leading voice in the Protestant Reformation and the Catholic Church was so corrupted and he began to speak the word of God and write about these errors and, and try to teach the people the word of God so the people can experience freedom from knowing the truth and not be held in oppression through, through heresy. Okay? And so he was being pressured to recant his teachings about the Bible. And this is what Luther said as he was facing that pressure. He said this. He said, my conscience was captive to the word of God. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. Boldness. Where are the bold men and women like that in history? So conviction, three things. How do we become bold? Communion with God, conviction, and a clear conscience. The Apostle Paul in testifying before rulers and leaders in Acts twenty three, one through three. In Acts twenty four, sixteen, Paul says this He says, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. Acts twenty four, sixteen. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. Proverbs 28.1, it says that the wicked flee when no one pursues them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You see, when you know you have a right relationship with God, your conscience is clear before God, before people, you know you're doing what's right, it gives you boldness to speak up. But when you start compromising immor- immorally, you and, and with injustice, immorality, then you lose that confidence. A guilty conscience will diminish your boldness. Guilt, shame, fear, and all of a sudden you're a weak, ineffective witness. The enemy wants to take us out through sin and shame us and put guilt on us and fear on us and just hold us down. But the gospel of Jesus Christ addresses this deepest problem that we face with our sin. And the guilt, the shame... And the fear that results from it. And it frees us up. The gospel of Jesus Christ gives us a clean conscience before God. That's why Ellie could boldly and freely talk about some of her past struggles with these ladies regarding abortion because she knows she's forgiven. The blood of Jesus has washed her, she's clean. She can talk about it now. She once was lost, now she's found. She once was blind, now she can see. The righteous are as bold as a lion. I remember as a young man, I would drive around on my way to work and coming back from work. And I would often just like pull over. I'd see somebody and just be like, worshiping Jesus, praising, getting my praise on, delighting in the Lord. And like I'd I'd sense the Holy Spirit like, go talk to this person. So I'd pull over. And I would scare people sometimes. like. (laughs) Especially when I rolled up at nighttime. And I'm like, roll up at nighttime in my car. I'm like, say man, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd go? Oh, no. And, and I, I could like see some people kind of backing up sometimes. And I thought, maybe that's not the best approach when I roll up on, on somebody at nighttime. Hey, you know where you're going when you die, man? <laughs> One time I was going to get a haircut after work and I saw these young guys just like doing this, like they had just gotten a fight or they're about to get in a fight. And I pulled up. And I, well I saw him and I zipped around kind of fast and I pulled up and when I, I was, wanted to talk to him about Jesus. And when I got out of my car, they started like fleeing, like, like I was after him or something, like, we're coming to get you, right? The wicked flee when no one pursues them. I don't know these guys, I mean, maybe they love the Lord and they're just, you know. <laughs> Uh, but, but the righteous are as bold as a lion when you're walking upright in relationship with God and you know that you're clean before Him, your conscience is clear before Him, He's for you, He's with you, He will protect you. If somebody kills you, you're gonna be with Him. To live as Christ, to die as gain. You know? It's like win-win situation for us. It, it creates this boldness within us to just freely share. For, forget about ourselves. Quit navel-gazing. Navel and just tell somebody about Jesus they need to, they need to be saved my wife she has a different type of personality than me she's lower expressive in her personality and yet i have seen her walk in the boldness that comes from the spirit of god i mean i've seen her uh one particular time comes to my mind when uh we had this neighbor we we lived there for about 4 or 5 years and this neighbor who was a professing christian had this lady coming over that was staying over there, and it was seemed obvious to us that there there was something not right going on in that relationship, and we knew him well enough, but my wife just was like she just couldn't she couldn't shake it she just felt like she needed to go talk to him and confront him so you're sleeping with this lady, you know, and you you're a Christian and you're doing this like and and so like she talked to me about it. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't really want to do I'll let you do it, honey. Sure. Right. And so my wife went over there. He was outside. He's like, he's out there. I feel like this is the time. I need to go talk to him. And so I'm like, okay, I'm praying for you, honey. So she goes out there. My sweet wife goes out there emboldened by the spirit of God to confront a brother, a professing brother, In his sin. And I'm just looking through, peeking through the window, (laughs) praying, Lord, give her the right words. May he receive it. You know, may, may this go good, right? And it did. It did. And you know what? She, she was able to do her part. She was obedient to the Spirit in that moment. If she hadn't done that, she would have, she probably would have felt bad. Like, gosh, I wish I would have taken that opportunity to, to, to address this issue. Especially somebody who's professing Christian, right? A guilty conscience diminishes boldness, but when you're right before God, you know um, He's with you, He's for you, and it gives you boldness. The gospel creates boldness within us. It produces a boldness within us. Ephesians 3.12 says this, in whom we, Jesus, speaking of Jesus, Jesus Christ, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. In Him we have boldness and access and confidence, with confidence, through faith in him. Uh, the the scripture read for uh, communion today, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace to help us in our need. We have been provided a boldness to walk in through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus displayed the perfect boldness in going to the cross facing the threat, facing death, going to the grave, knowing what was going to happen, speaking the truth to people who reviled him and were going to kill him, knowing that it would lead to his crucifixion. As I said earlier, boldness is contagious. The Apostle Paul in Philippians uh, 1.14 says, And most of my brothers, having become more confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. So Paul gets imprisoned for preaching the gospel and other believers are emboldened like, man, if Paul can get thrown in jail for preaching the gospel, man, I can do that. It's not so bad. You know, he's writing all these letters and stuff and, uh, so the, it's contagious. It's kind of like a, like a, maybe think about some kind of, fun ride that you've done like some kind of uh you know cliff jumping or uh you know skydiving or whatever and you see your friend do it and they're still alive they made it through it and you're like i could do this it emboldens you to see others take steps of courage as well brianne's like not me uh. i don't know if that's going to work for me (laughs) and so let me close an application since i'm past 12 o'clock here Let's pray for boldness to share the gospel. This is where it starts. In our communion with God. Ask God to fill you with boldness. Like the Apostle Paul requested, he said, And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He just wanted to be a faithful witness who cares what happens to me he says i don't my my life i don't count dear to myself i'm just i'm going to be faithful i'm going to be faithful and then next allow the spirit and the scripture to form deep biblical conviction within your heart you know conviction comes from being convinced of certain truths And when you are intimately and accurately acquainted with God's truth, the Word of God, like Apollos, you're mighty in Scripture, or Paul, who was well-studied in the Scripture, he knew his stuff, he hid the Word of God in his heart, he kept it within him, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus says. And so you got to store up the truths of Scripture in your heart. Just store it up. Get God's perspective. Let Him renew your mind and make clear to you His will for your life and His will for the world. And what the Bible clearly reveals is His will. And that will embolden you to, to point others and speak to others about what God wants. And then lastly, be diligent to keep a clear conscience before God. Don't let guilt and shame diminish and deplete your boldness to be an effective witness. You may may need to be bold to come out of the dark about a particular issue that has held you down in shame and guilt and fear because you haven't confessed it yet. Okay? The gospel of Jesus Christ has provided an opportunity for that. Jesus died For that sin to be cleansed. Forgiven. And you to be free of the effects of that. From sin dominating your life. And so in closing. Let's ask God in prayer. That God would fill us with boldness. Let's ask Him to search our hearts. And if there's anything you need to confess to Him. Do it. If you need to confess it to another brother or sister. And you need that boldness. I tell you what, that's been one of the key things that has helped me grow in my walk with the Lord is walking in the light as He is in the light. If I if I hadn't learned early on in my walk with Jesus to just be open and transparent and real and honest about my sins and struggles with another brother in Christ Jesus, then I wouldn't have grown like I have as a Christian. I, my My spiritual growth would have been stifled and my witness and the the level of boldness that I've been able to walk in as as a Christian witness would have been diminished. And so this is key. Walk in the light. So Father, we thank you that you've made a way for us to be who you've called us to be, and do what you've called us to do by your grace, through the gospel of grace, Through the power of your Holy Spirit residing in us, working through us. Would you fill us now with your Spirit and fill us with boldness to proclaim your word. That we might be faithful witnesses and take great risks to bring the gospel to every relationship regardless of the threats and the challenges.